Hey, Car. What's up? What's the strongest physical reaction to watching a movie that you've ever had? Um, probably mommy. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't the question I asked. <laughs> so it was a very strange answer, but okay. Wait, what was the question you asked? I asked, what is the strongest physical reaction? And you said, mommy. <laughs> I thought you were asking um, what movie no, I no, see. No. <laughs> mommy is not the physical, no. I think I like had a panic attack after oh, it. Oh, that's not a physical um, reaction. I would argue it is. Okay. I farted once during, uh, (laughs) (laughs) trying to think of the worst movie, uh, the terminal. (laughs) I farted during the terminal. Okay. Have you ever gotten sick because of a movie? Like with the cold? I understood the first part of your sentence, but not the second. I remember having a huge Insane headache during uh, our family's viewing of King Kong 2005 <laughs> or whatever by Peter Jackson. That can't be because of the content of the movie. Oh, I don't know. Jack Black being like, as Jack Black does. Might have had yeah, something to do with a car. It's just such a good movie, though. <laughs> At there, some point, that's going to be one of the movies I make you watch. So there has been like no reevaluation of that movie whatsoever. No. They made the dumb sequel thing. That, to be fair, I haven't seen. Yeah, it was also like at the time I knew there were things about it that it's not even that they didn't age well. It's just said, "Oh, this is bad. <laughs> some of this shouldn't be like this." Was that um, Uma? Was that an Uma? No, it's Naomi Watts. Oh, of course. Who I love. Uma would have been good. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless, this is Pillows on the Windows. Uh, I'm Tucker and this is Carly. Hello. Thank you, Michael and Christian, for filling in. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry I can't sync your podcast correctly, but I can sync this one. Car. Harry Potter to... Chamber of Secrets. Okay, thank you. Carly, this is exactly the same as the first movie, except much worse. (laughs) <laughs> so I think that this movie, I like, I was trying to think if I had like any thoughts Wait, about it this at all. Movie? <laughs> okay. There's so little to say about it, Aww. I guess. Um, but I think this movie is the most, how I think about the universe of Harry Potter, like how I picture mm, it. I have to agree with you there. Car. I, I think you're onto something there. Thank you. Like, the first one is too maybe limited in scope, and, like, mm-hmm. you don't get to see... Um, the Whomping Willow or the Shrieking Nocturne Shack. Nocturne Alley. Um, or Gobbledygook. All of that good stuff. The Weasley's House. The witch um, statue with the hunched back that you tickle yes. her nose, and then she opens up her back or something, and then Harry goes into a tunnel for, like, 15 pages in the book, but in <laughs> the movie they don't really go into that, and I remember being frustrated because I wanted to see what that looked like because it was such a weird scenario. Isn't that in the third one? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not in the first movie. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, yeah, like I think, and I, I I, also think that remains true for like other media around Harry Potter. My main site to source Lego to Harry site Potter. is Lego Harry Potter. Lego Harry Potter. It's like entirely the second book slash movie, even though it takes place over all of the book slash movies. 
That's why um, I always like that about Lego Harry Potter, though, that you could like go into the fax room where they have the fax machine or something. And it's just like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love everything about Lego Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Um, so I think it is like it, it defines the rest of them or like solidifies the environment for the rest of them in a really powerful way. Okay. Um, and I think Gilderoy Lockhart is a fun character. Okay. That's about it. Okay. The humor is very broad in this one, I noticed, yeah, compared to true. the first one. <laughs> yeah. Neville just like has, he just like faints every time he's on screen because something is happening. And he's like, why me? And then he faints and then cut. Yeah. Which is <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, here's what I will say, Car. What's that? I really, really, really like the concept. And it's better in the book. Because in the book, Ginny goes out and strangles chickens and yeah. has chicken blood on her hands. But I love this idea of this impressionable young woman coming across the diary of the big bad guy and mm-hmm. like stuff going like gothic folk horror weird all of a sudden at this school. And that's yeah, awesome. completely agree. Yeah. They don't do that. And much, even though it? it ends up being like it ties into the larger arc of the series at the end. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that like so much of it is about this like monster that is unseen for most of the movie. Like yeah. it, it sort of exists in its own world for much of the story, which is nice. At the same time, mm-hmm. not to criticize JK Rowling, who is mm. okay. Uh, none of, and this is only a problem I had upon this most recent viewing. None of the last part of this movie makes any sense whatsoever <laughs> why would the to start with i this will not take up half this podcast i swear but i uh, i have some <laughs> thoughts on this whole thing slytherin is supposed to be like hoity-toity we're the best why would their secret be a sewer it doesn't make any sense it's like i'll hide with the poop that's what slytherin yeah. is all about sewers that doesn't make any sense yeah it should be like a yacht club or something. <laughs> yeah it should be at the top of the school not at the bottom yeah uh, why yeah. the, like the idea, I don't know. They just hand wave so much weird stuff where they're like, oh, this, the pipes, this 80, like 80 foot long snake is getting around through plumbing, which doesn't make any sense. And then <laughs> she was like, people just dissipate their poop with their wands anyway. So that doesn't make any sense why there would be plumbing to begin with. And, um, I, c- I can't get a grasp on if this bathroom that the snake is hanging out in is like in use the Moaning Myrtle bathroom? Yeah. I think the, if I remember correctly from the books, no, because no one wants to go in there because no one wants to talk to Moaning Myrtle. Which is great. Yeah. And she's great. It's a great character. <laughs> that actress is so awesome. And yeah. she's in other stuff, too. Yeah. And then you find yeah. out she was like 30 when this movie yeah, was Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot I still like about this movie just because it gets into, like, you know, the Polyjuice Potion is awesome. Yep. That's so much fun. But uh, it's like, oh, worse Quidditch now. (laughs) Like, worse than the first movie because now it's just all CGI. I do like it when he gets his arm smashed. Yeah, that's great. Gooey. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I I have a lot I like about this story. I just think this movie is kind of busted. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it's like... It passes the time. Yeah. I also think upon revisiting, 
This is partially owed to the fact that this scene was included in like the Uh-oh. um fan fiction you wrote. <laughs> like the when you go to the movie theater and they have like the swelling music and like they're showing little clips of movies on their way to tell oh, you yeah, to like yeah, yeah, turn yeah. off your cell phone. Yep, yep, yep. The part where the light is shining at him mm-hmm. from the diary is like mm-hmm. honestly really cool and like yeah. very cinematic and nice. And then I like like we complain about glowy stuff sometimes, but I think the glowy stuff no. like it in that way works really, really well. This flashback is that is. I think the concept is cooler than how they handle it here, but I still think they handle Harry being in the past so much better in this movie than they do in future installments of this completely series. It's really making cool. it even just like a, the the choice to make it like sepia instead of like silver. I think yes. is really really good and makes it feel so much more warm. Obviously, but also like. I don't know the yeah the what is it the pensive stuff later yeah. is like so just icky feeling. Um, well, it's, <laughs> Harry going into Voldemort's old diary is just an exposition dump that happens in this movie, but it's it's a more natural feeling exposition dump than here is a bowl full of expedition yes. exposition right. dumps from my brain, and then Harry like sees the ones he needs to see, and it looks bad. Oh, I hate that crap. Yeah. Ugh. I like this, though. Barty Crouch. <laughs> I hate him in the movie yeah. with the tongue flick. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, question for you, Car. What's up? Is it wrong of me to feel kind of bad for the Dursleys? Um, I don't know. I mean, I do feel bad for them, but also, like... <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think, like, uh, they're evil. It's just weird because we don't get to see any other families going through this when clearly that can't be the case. Like, I'm sure, sure if you're born into a muggle family and you're a witch or a wizard, your siblings probably hate you because they're super jealous and your parents are probably super weirded out. But, like, we don't see any of that anymore. So, I don't know. I'm just so glad we're on a podcast throwing around muggle and witches and wizards <laughs> okay. in the year 2021. Aye, aye, aye. Love it. Uh mm. Doesn't it break some sort of rule that Hermione's parents are in diagonally in this movie? What do you mean? Because they're muggles. Yeah, but they got to get our school stuff. Yeah, I guess they would know about it, but it, it just yeah. seemed kind of like, how do they keep that a secret if, you know, mom and dad are just taking along and like taking pictures with their cell phone? <laughs> you know? I mean, none of this works, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it all takes place in the 70s, so it's fine. <laughs> That always really ticked me off when I found out about that way too late, where it's like Harry Potter was born in 81 or something. I'm like, no, he's my age. This happened to me. I think he was born around the same time as you know. Mm, I think this movie is taking place in like 92 or something stupid. I thought he like wants a PlayStation or something, or like gets a PlayStation in like the (laughs) third book or something. Yeah, that would check out. Oh, I guess so. Hmm. Hmm. I do remember that detail, though, also, yes. Yeah. I think it's like a Dudley like gets a new gaming system, yeah, so they yeah, like yeah. put the old one in Harry's room or something. Sure. He's like, ooh, <gasps> Tomb Raider. This is mega. <laughs> um, that's Harry Potter 2, and we're going yeah. to the worst one next. 
No, you just love to be a little contrary, you know, no, over there. No, it's probably fine, even though it, it goes is. against the tone and aesthetic choices that were already made by Chris Columbus. Well. <sighs> <sighs> Moving on. What's next? Um, did you watch it? I just did. Okay, I couldn't. <laughs> Wait, what? I made it maybe two-thirds of the way, and I was like, screw this. I hated it. Oh, my God. Ugh. I completely did. Well, okay, so I would be with you. If you had said that you stopped after the, thir- the first third, I would be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I kind of like the I first I think that third, the though. second two-thirds are amazing. I can't with the singing, where it's just like... It's not, oh, I hate it. It's like the worst idea of what a musical could be because it's so wrapped up in stupid, like, irony, like, the songs are bad on purpose or something. I Or I just don't like Sparks. It might just be that I don't like Sparks, but I couldn't So handle. I have a confession around yeah. that part of it. I thought until afterwards mm-hmm. that Sparks was stars. Oh, that would have been so much better, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that the entire, like, a time I knew about this movie. And I was Aww. so bummed that that wasn't the case. That's my bad. Though. That would have been stupid. I would have watched this twice if it had been stars. That would have been so cool, though. Like, yeah. I guess, like, maybe I just, like, thought about that as a concept for so long now. But, like, they're so dramatic. They're yeah. so sad in their feelings. Like, Cinematic. Uh, yeah. I think that would be really, really awesome. Huh. Well, that's not the movie we got. Uh, no. This is the... Holy Motors guy doing a musical starring Adam Driver and the lady's name, Cartha Lake. Marion Cotillard. Of course. And they like someone dies and there's a kid puppet. I hated it. Uh, What did you like about it, Car? I think I really liked how musicals don't vibe with me very much besides i guess edward's um, oh my internet's breaking up guess we gotta end the podcast early tonight forever <laughs> forever final word um, like i can't handle i don't know i can't handle like the genuineness of them a lot of the time okay well this is the opposite so yes exactly yeah. like i think it pushing it to the limit of like it feeling so stupid and so like uh, over the top well, and so <laughs> I'm with you, but they're yeah. all but also the songs are just terrible because it's just like it's like characters having a dialogue they're just singing the whole time poorly i think that's great though i think that's like exactly it like, <laughs> like the that. fact that they're just repeating the same line five thousand times i think is like both <laughs> hilarious and awesome it's a an interesting choice that's for sure (laughs) yeah um and then i really really okay i think adam driver is really great in it i would say especially in the last half um and i really really like the doll stuff the doll stuff super duper worked on me like the moment i found out it was a doll i was like okay i'm in it and then can i spoil the ending for you absolutely okay so at the end did you get to where he kills the conductor? Um, I got to where the conductor came over and he was like, this is amazing. And then Adam Driver was like, isn't it amazing? And then he was like, it's amazing. <laughs> that part. And then I stopped watching. 
Okay, so I, I really think you should finish this movie. There's so much cool stuff that happens. I should say, like, there's... Before I get to the part that I was just about to mention, like, there's this really cool scene where... Um, oh, it's actually after... He, so he kills the conductor, and then Annette's gonna have... <laughs> Annette's gonna have her final performance ever. Um, okay. Because Adam Driver found out that Annette knows about both murders and, like, knows he's a murderer and all this stuff. Um, and they like, so they're doing the final performance. I think they said it's in Europe, but I think it's also for the Super Bowl or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they bring, so it's in this huge stadium and like the football players and the cheerleaders are all like participating in this production. And they bring baby Annette down onto this like triangular floating platform. I'm with you so far. Um, and it feels sort of like um, the uh, episode of SpongeBob when they do the Super Bowl. Winner takes all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she like refuses to sing, and it just feels like this crazy, fun, like stupid rock music thing. So that's really great. And then at the very end, Adam Driver goes to jail for the murders of Anne and the conductor friend. Okay. And Annette, who's like maybe five years old or something, um, comes to to like talk to him in whatever those rooms are. I don't know. Like right you with know, the phone visitation. Yep. But it's like open. Uh, it's not like a phone thing. Okay. Um, and she's sitting there, and then. A girl, Annette, comes up and, like, becomes the doll. And they, like, sing together. And it's really okay. cool. And then uh, she leaves and she, she's singing about how she's so angry at both Adam <laughs> Driver angry. and and Anne, which I thought was really cool for, like, making, for, like, making her wish... For Annette to like fulfill this revenge prophecy or something, um, and then there's a doll on the floor, and then it ends. Cut. Yeah. Okay. I should go oh, back and really watch fun. it. Yeah. Huh. For the for the first twenty minutes, I was way into this movie. Hmm. That first part is awesome. I like. I completely disagree. So I guess okay. like I'd love to hear why you liked it. Uh, it's just that part from Holy Motors where they're playing the accordion again, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's fun. Oh, you mean like when they're parading around the streets? Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree about that. I thought okay. you meant like the Adam Driver comedy performance. I like that too, just because it was so off-putting. Yeah, it felt like, and I was like, okay, this guy makes weird off-putting movies. I'm on board, and then it becomes a different. More off-putting, worse movie from there, I felt like. And I was like, well, why am I watching this at this point? And that's when I stopped. I yeah, I don't it. think anything could be more off-putting to me than, like, bad comedy performance. So I feel like yeah. it, like, peaked for me there. But I, and then ugh. everything else was manageable. The audience, like, being the other person in this musical number, I thought was really cool, though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, give me more of that. Don't give me, like... Ironic wink and nod, like I don't, I don't make musicals. Steven Spielberg, like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get what the point of this movie is. I guess, or, or it's so obvious, it's just staring me in the face, and I want to believe that this guy would make a more interesting movie. Like it's, it's interesting aesthetically, but I don't think the movie itself is all that interesting. 
It's so weird because, like, this one is so narratively straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, all of the little stuff about it is what's befuddling. Right. Which is, like, the... Sex scenes. I guess, like, (laughs) I guess Holy Motors, like, all of it's befuddling. But I was sort of expecting more of that, where it's, like, there's no sort of linear storytelling or something. This is, like, very straightforward. Yeah, it's a fairy tale type. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, and if you like cherry pick little moments out of it, like I think the part on the boat with the projection mm-hmm. of the ocean behind them and everything is such a cool idea for how to stage that and portray it. But uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't invested at all in you know what was happening, and I like yeah. I don't remember what any of the music sounds like in this movie. It's all like maybe I'm the bad guy for expecting like good music out of a musical <laughs> movie or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah. did do it for me. Do you like Sparks? Uh, I I haven't really listened to him, but no, I would say after <laughs> watching this movie, like I know the Weird Al song where he did a his own version of a Sparks song. Oh no, that's my only connection to Sparks. Yeah, and there's a documentary by uh, the director of Last Night in Soho. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah, mm. just came out this year. It's eligible for the Sparky's car. Get on it. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't think this is going to turn a lot of people onto Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't Would think be my so guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your farts in while you listen to Sparks. <laughs> this podcast is blue. It's very gaseous today, but that's fine. Yeah. They mentioned it in the movie. It's not my fault. Yeah. I don't right. know. Okay. I'll go back and watch it, but uh, you've convinced me. Yeah, I think, like, I, um, at the very least, it was like, oh, this is really, really cool. Like, I have yeah. to sort of put some more thought to whether, or, like, to what extent I really, really enjoyed it. But, like, I, yeah, the last chunk was a fun ride, I think. Okay. I like fun rides. Yeah. The digital uh, film making is, was hard for me to parse. <laughs> Yeah, it looks so weird, and I get, like, it's supposed to look weird. Yeah. Sometimes some of the, like, camera stuff he was doing was, I thought, incredible. Like, the very, 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 very first part where it's, like, it's moving, or he's, like, bringing in flashes of the camera with the music and stuff. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. you can't sustain that for an entire movie, but I kind of wish it was more of that. I'd be right, Ken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I... I feel like this is not the time for this movie or something. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like he did Holy Motors and then it's like, here's an Amazon prime original movie. And it's all <laughs> like, it all looks like it was shot on a back lot, you know, under yeah. halogen lighting and Adam drivers in it, I guess. And That's kind of great though. I don't yeah. know. No, I, I yeah. get you. It's just, uh, maybe I was in a bad mood, but Annette. Annette. Let's move on to melancholy. car. Okay. How many t- how many times have you seen Melancholy? Just twice. Just twice? Just twice. Car, I've What's seen up? it just once. What? Can I give my opinion on it? Yes, please. I think this is probably one of the best concepts for a movie I can think of. Hmm. Um, I think... 
I've been obsessing maybe a little bit over mortality lately. Okay. Which is not good. No. This movie was kind of cathartic. Yeah. I think. Um, this movie is about... Uh, this. There's parts of this movie I don't like, and we'll get to that, but... Hmm. There's a lot about this movie I really do like. Uh, this is like a kind of like IFC drama <laughs> within the context of the Earth is going to smash into a planet in five days thing. Yeah. Which is so cool. And I think the coolest part about it is that that is the most perfect choice for an apocalypse in a movie because you have this constant visual cue of this planet in the sky that is you know there's no avoiding it it's just and he starts the movie off showing it smashing into earth so there's no question about it it's just like Mm -hmm. here's doom and there it is and it's like but it's crazy because that's like only the second half of the movie the first half of the movie is this wedding It's taking place and every movie we've watched has made weddings look like the worst possible thing anyone (laughs) could ever do. Yeah. Which is interesting. But uh, God, I just love that mix so much. Car thoughts. Yeah. I think the other thing um, that separates this a lot is like aside from the wedding being, I think, over half of the movie. Like, yeah. you're really only focusing... Sorry, there's a dog barking outside my door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, you're only focusing on um, the, like, actual end-of-the-world stuff for even an even smaller segment of the last part. Like, so much of the last part is just about how deeply, deeply, deeply depressed uh, Kirsten Dunn's character is. Yes. So that, I think, is just like revolutionary and very cool. I think the other thing is by having it take place within an extremely, extremely wealthy family Mm -hmm. living in the countryside, you're pulling out so much of the BS that's in like every other disaster movie, which is just like all of the, we're scrounging for resources and like, we're having to fight other families and stuff, which like, Oh my God, this dog, I swear to God. Um, (laughs) Which is like a, an interesting, in like interesting, <laughs> interesting um, concept for a movie, and like makes sense sometimes. But I, by pulling all of that out, you get to just focus on how these characters are dealing with the fact that they are going to die, and everyone they know is going to die, and like, what does it matter? Right. That's where I run into issues with this movie. I guess. What do you mean? Well, I really. I respect that decision a lot to kind of cut these characters off from the outside world. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it creates a an interesting setup for the back half of this movie. Because they, Lars von Trier, um, focuses so much on this impending doom, but you... I don't know. It just feels like maybe the... <laughs> It feels like some of the time it felt like the thesis for this movie was depression is my superpower or something like that. And it was just really not working for me at some point where Kristen Dunst's character is able to manage the situation better because she's depressed. And like that is a fine concept to explore, but it doesn't fill time 
in an interesting way because there's so many shots of, uh, you know, the other character, the sister, like freaking out about the end of the world. And it's like, I feel like the second half is so much, so empty of, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel fulfilling. And it's not because I think they don't focus on what's going on outside the circle. It's because what's going on inside the circle is just not as interesting as I think maybe they thought it was. I think I like, I, I don't actually think I fully understand like the, all of the purpose or all of the intention behind the first half. Like I, I deeply, deeply love the first half of this movie and I think it's spectacular. Yeah. But I think one thing it does really well is show that like Kirsten Dunst is never going to find connection with other people that serves her. Like it, or at least like not in this world. And she dives into a deep, deep depression, which is either because of that or like all of the relationship is relationship struggles are coming from the deep depression. Either way, like she like, I guess, comes to accept her fate. Yeah. Meanwhile, her sister, even if she's not in the happiest marriage, like has spent her life theoretically trying to connect with people. And I think like just posing those two against each other with the added mix of like, oh, there's a child to care for, which is an interesting wrinkle. And Kiefer Sutherland is there being a really bad <laughs> husband and father and person to be around for the last half of this movie. Like, I, I think there are... I thought there were, like, enough elements or something going on. I think the other yeah. thing is, like, it totally can be the, like, depression is her superpower thing. Or, I don't know. Like, it is simultaneously, you. Ha- it's such a miserable way to live. Like, she yeah. could have this wonderful marriage with this, like, very nice-seeming, handsome Alexander Skarsgård. But, like, she never will. Um, yeah. And she won't be happy in her job and everything's evil and we're the only people in the universe and like, you know, yeah. yeah. It's such a deep exploration of like that level of disdain for everything, which I don't think you ever see. Like you never see yeah. depression this deeply in anything. I don't think. No. And I, yeah, I just, it, that aspect is portrayed really well. It's just, I wish maybe the second half of this movie was just these characters talking to each other. Whereas yeah. a lot of it is them freaking out about the planet getting slightly bigger over time. Like I, they just, I know what the, I know what the problem is. I don't need the characters to just like slowly succumb to the knowledge that it's going to happen like that. That's not the interesting part to me. The interesting part is how they're dealing with it. And it seems like they're dealing with it mostly by freaking out or being, you know, half catatonic, just, you know, not doing anything. And I I don't want to come across like I didn't like this movie because this movie stuck with me a lot and there's a lot to chew on with this movie. And I think it's, uh, I don't know. It was really impactful on me and I really think it's a good movie, but it left me wanting uh, in that aspect a lot. Yeah. I guess, especially since you like it, we, you do have such a short amount of time in that last half to like explore all of that. Um, so it is like whenever there's a scene or something where it's like, Oh, this could have been something else. And like, these characters are so interesting yeah. and their relationships are so interesting. Yeah. So like completely get what you're saying um i think the part of the impending doom that i really really like is just like 
even more specific than the visual element is something getting closer. Like the use of that wire contraption to measure their circumference, I think is like so terrifying. And every scene where it's the sister um, looking at it and then watching her watching seconds go by on her watch so that she can try it again. is like, just so deeply terrifying. Yeah. Like, you know what the answer is going to be. And it's awful to watch and yeah. so effective. And I think, what is that? Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah. I think she's like one of Von Trier's uh, favorite. She's in the really. Rolodex for sure. Yeah. She's in the Rolodex. And I think she's just like so spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody does a really great job. And uh, yeah. yeah, just that the mood that, this movie creates with that whole scenario is just perfect, I think. And, uh, yeah, this movie will not, uh, leave my brain for a while. I think, cause there's, it's just, it tackles a certain feeling, a certain bad feeling in a way that no other movie I can think of has ever done this well. Yeah. Like, I think one of a scene that I think about more than like any other scene in the world is um, the two of them in the last half once they've sort of completely accepted like or I guess once Charlotte Gainsbourg's character is completely accepted what their fate is they're sort of figuring out what to do when it ends and Charlotte Gainsbourg very innocently floats like have, let's have a glass of wine on the terrace Yeah, and Kirsten Dunst takes her down in such a deeply upsetting but also, like, completely understandable and fair way, which yeah. is just, like, that's an idiotic way to spend your last moments. Like, what are you thinking? Like, this can't be nice. Stop trying to make it nice sort of thing. Yeah. And there's so much at play there, and it's so sad. And it's just, mm. like, two people shattering each other. It's, I don't know. It, I, It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish there was more of that. Yeah. Yes. Give me more Keither. Yeah, he was really good. I the uh, sort of on a similar note, but in the first half, the other scene that I think about a lot that shatters me is um, when Kirsten Dunst and Alexander Skarsgård are still like things might work. Like it's I think before you realized how deep set all of this is, and he tells her about like the rose garden or like the plot of land, and he gives her the picture, and he's like, "Please hold on to this," and then she immediately she leaves it there on the couch, and it's just like. It's hopeless. Oh my god! And then all of the stuff. The character who plays the guy that she hook, hooks up with on the lawn is like. I don't know if he is truly funny. I think it, I find it funny. I don't know if it's supposed to be hilarious, but that guy is so funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The first half of this movie is so chaotic and yeah. extreme in such a good way. It just feels like uh, it does a really good job of feeling like a night that will never end. And you just want it to <laughs> yeah. just keep, we got to do the thing now. Yeah. You yeah. got to tear all the books out and then put the books up. Yeah, that's great. The We haven't even talked at all, Car, about the first like 20 minutes of this movie, which is just like, what? But in a good way. Like, oh, what? The, all of the slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. It's craziness. It is craziness. See, this was my first Von Trier, and uh, I thought that's what the whole movie would be because this guy has a reputation. But this actually plays like a movie. Like, it's very easy yeah. to digest this movie, I feel like. It is a weird moment when you're sitting there, like, five minutes into slow-mo shots of, like, 
crazy stuff mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, where it's just like, how long? Like, it's very yeah. pretty to look at, and it's very. <laughs> I but it's how long can you last? I don't. Which is yeah. honestly sort of how I felt with the like Adam Driver comedy bit in sure. Annette, where it was like. If this is the whole movie, absolutely not. Like, okay. even though it's like fun for a little bit or something, I I can't tolerate that for that long. I was I was pretty into it. I gotta say, <laughs> uh, just really striking imagery going on. Yeah, here. I was way into it. And then yeah I, yeah, I feel like it just lasted long enough where it's like, oh, now there's a movie. Great, I'm warmed up. And like that first five minutes afterwards, where it's just Kirsten Dunst and Alexander oh, Skarsgård pulling up the limo, and it's like, oh, it's they're so cute. <clears throat> Oh my god! Like they are, you totally believe immediately that they're deeply in love, and like yeah. they're just in their own little world, and it sets the bar so high that you have no choice to like come down from that for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I did. Poor guy. Yeah. Thanks, Tubi. <laughs> She's naked and getting into the bathtub. Time for an ad for car insurance. <laughs> Having to watch this with ads is so evil. <laughs> yeah, Tubi feels rotten, but yes. they have a lot of movies on there. Yeah. I kind of like it because it makes it feel kind of trashy and like I'm watching yes. on TV or something. Yes. I like that. It's an insane vibe for a movie. Like <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it like warns you. It's like, hey, I know you're yeah. watching a movie, but there's going to be a commercial in just a little bit. So stop paying attention right now. Check your phone in three, two, Two. one. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, Carl, let's open the door to the world of cinema. What have you been watching, Carl? Let me see here. I probably won't hit everything. Okay. It's been a minute. Okay. Um, Power of the dog, I guess I should do. Hit me. I think I saw that right after we last talked or something. Um, it's great. Okay. Um, it's like, I didn't really know what to expect other than the fact that like everyone's talking about how Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win an Oscar. And this is like the triumphant return of Jane Campion. And I don't think I've seen any other Jane Campion movies, which sure. is bad of me. Um, but it's just like, a very, very good movie. It, like, it's one of those where it's like every element of it is so well crafted. It's so beautiful. The story is wonderful, which I guess is based on a book that I think our dad is currently reading. Um, it's cool. just like it's a Tom Clancy movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just like, this is wonderful. And I think it'll only get more wonderful, like viewing after viewing. And I fully intend to watch it again. Um, I don't think I much like Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. I absolutely think he should win the Oscar, and I think he is Why don't you incredible like in this movie. I was so uh, surprised. And, he's Sherlock. Um, yeah, he's Sherlock. Okay. He's, I don't know, he's just, <laughs> I have like a, I don't know, that is sort of the huge takeaway. <clears throat> There's also some really great. I'm um, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. being a couple together, mm-hmm. which is really lovely love to that. see. We love that. We love that. We love that. And it's just like, it's a very interesting plot that isn't, I feel like there's a version of this or like this sort of looks like Chloe Zhao is the thing that comes up 
comes to mind where it's just like all these beautiful vistas. Like this could be like so narratively not there or something. Is every um, movie that takes place outside just going to be? I don't know. Okay. I can't think of any other comp. But basically, like it could just sort of rely on the visuals and like little moments between characters. But this yep. is like such a narratively powered movie. Yep. In a really really nice way. Um. Yeah, I really really liked it a lot. I did. Hmm? Um, sort of ruined the last five minutes of this movie in theaters, and I was like my own worst enemy. Oh. I think it was actually like the last ten minutes of this movie. I need um, this story, car. Yeah, I no COVID, <laughs> no COVID. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting over a cold. I like was fully oh, not no. sick anymore. Did you clear out a theater? No. Okay. I, I coughs generally last for me for quite a while. Uh, so you pooped yourself in the theater. About 10 minutes left to go. There's a lot going on narratively, and I cannot stop coughing. And it was in a packed theater, um, and I could not get out. So I was just sitting there, like, desperately trying not to cough, like, hand over my mouth, shaking body, like, just, it was truly terrible. And then, like, so this was going on to Netflix, but wasn't available for a while. So, like, three weeks later or whatever, I watched the last 10 minutes and, like, absorbed what happened. Yeah, I felt really bad. You should having bodily yeah. functions in a theater. Well, I also, I mean, movie. everyone's wearing a mask and like we all had to show vaccine cards and everything, but like, I didn't want people to think I was giving them COVID and no, you're uh, just coughing your phlegm onto them. It's fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Power of the dog was good. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm worried it's going to be like a first cow situation for me where I'm like, Oh, people like this. I don't think it could be like because okay. as people talking maybe, to each other, maybe first cow is sort of in the vein I was thinking too, where it's just like a, such a quaint story or something. Mm-hmm. This is like a like a deeply there's just a lot going on. I guess okay. that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and it feels like a like a capital M movie or something okay. in a way that okay. It like it feels like it should be an event, which I think it kind of is because of the Oscar yeah. buzz it's getting. But like it's just it's a big deal sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he's so good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, should I watch the last ten minutes twice? Do you recommend <laughs> yeah, it? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, what can you do? Carly's allergic to prestige. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, yes, we should probably have the Nighthouse conversation, Car. Ay, ay, ay. Or we could not. We could talk about Sensor no, no, instead. No, no, Give it to me. Come on. Um, I was, like, profoundly disappointed by this movie. Uh, good. <laughs> well, there's the shot in the trailer, which was crazy and awesome. Yeah. And then they do that shot, like, five times in the movie. That's perfect. And it gets I worse each time they do shots. it. Uh, <sighs> I, th- I found this movie completely nonsensical and all of the scary parts are close up shot of the lady looking at something off screen. And I was just like, this is, and then the last, oh, the last like 15 minutes when it's like spelling out exactly what this movie is. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Ari Aster has so much to apologize for <laughs> and has poisoned the well of filmmaking forever. And these are the dregs at the bottom. Uh, I was with it for a little bit. I was really with it when it's playing the song on the stereo. And it's like, this is soul crushing that she wakes up to this. But then she like looks at her text messages and it's like, Hey babe, 
I was thinking of having tacos tonight, winky face. Like, who talks like this? What is this movie? This isn't real. And I was just like, I don't know. I wasn't, I was not into this movie. That's okay. okay. Can I ask you two things? Yes. So, or I'll, I'll set forth my opinion on two things and I want you to react <laughs> <Okay>. to them. <laughs> um, I really, really liked, and I think I commented on this like when we initially talked about it, like how her character is not the like emotionally defenseless. Mm-hmm tragic person like she like i i'm especially thinking of the scene in the bar where she's just like very upfront about how bad her life is and mm-hmm. like doesn't fall prey to any of sort of like the emotional condolences that her very well-meaning friends are trying to provide her like i think that's such a fun character spin and it's i think more i guess i just like to see more characters like that especially in horror movies where people are constantly dealing with bad stuff mm-hmm at the same time, I was really frustrated by how every single thing this lady does in this movie is directly connected to her husband. I mean, uh, yeah, I I get what you're saying. It just like uh, that didn't pop out to me, I guess, because yeah. it's just like she's trying to unravel. I know, but like, give me an idea event. of who this lady is, because the idea I get from this movie is that she was like emotionally dependent on her husband and. Yeah. Is now haunted by ghosties. And it's like, it's not that interesting. Yeah. And especially because I, I think Rebecca Hall is just so talented that, yeah. yeah, I think it would be cool to get more of what she's like when she's just around friends talking about other stuff or something. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm thinking of having tacos, winky face. Like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> she has such um, a look. She has a. Yeah. I, I really, really like Rebecca Hall. Yeah. I think she's so cool. Um, the other thing is the, one of the like best jump scares I've had in a while is, um, yes, the women running, the women running. Yeah. The women running past her on the lawn lawn. Oh yeah. I thought you meant the one with the loud music. Oh, that too. I mean, I jumped like several times during this movie, but the women running past her. Yeah. I was just like, because that honestly feels mostly like what I'm afraid of is like to just be outside at night and there's lights and like someone comes towards me. That's the worst. That's cool. I like that. Uh, uh, Yeah, I didn't find this movie that scary, I guess, just because it seemed like it kind of plays this game where it's like issue dreaming. So I guess it's not scary to me if there's any hint that this person is just dreaming because it's like, oh, she's just dreaming. But then, like, not to spoil anything, I like I don't, I'm not that angry about this movie where I would deliberately spoil the ending of the Night House. Thank but, you, thank you. Um, as it became, maybe a supernatural horror just doesn't work for me or something. I don't know. It just was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be like that, I guess. Then once you start to figure out the devices or something, is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, where it's yeah. like he had the house and then. But he wasn't just like a crummy guy. Maybe there was another thing happening or something. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Oh, I'm just remembering the last part. Yeah. I love the last part of this no. movie. The last like, line really, is really. unforgivable. I don't remember what the last line is. <laughs> There's nothing in that boat. Oh, I, I think that's great. 
Yeah, I love no, it. Come on. Yeah. I get what they're going for. I love to see visualizations of scary stuff we all know. It's like a way to talk around what this is. Okay. But like, I think that's very cool. That's melancholia to me, dude. Yeah, I would agree. We're all going to die. Like, Here's a big planet in the sky and it's going to crash into us and kill us. Yeah. I didn't get that out of the night house so much. Well. But I'm not, you know, I don't know. Yeah. This isn't an, like, I don't, I won't have an experience like this, I guess. So I don't know. Like maybe this is very impactful, but it wasn't to me. That's fair. <sighs> but censor. Yeah. No, I, well, I watched The Night House and I was like, well, and then I watched Censor that same night, which I never usually watch two movies <laughs> in a night, but um, maybe it's because I was just coming off of The Night House, but I, I thought Censor was a lot of fun. I had so little fun with Censor. I know, that's fine. And I totally understand it because there's nothing there besides yeah. style, but the style was working for me like crazy on this movie, especially, oh my God, best use of aspect ratio changes I've ever seen oh, in a movie. I was okay. clapping. I would, there was drool <laughs> running down my lips. It was a monkey screeching on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I took my finger in my mouth and I went <laughs> on my teeth until they squeaked. I was so pleased with the way this yeah. movie ends. Uh, when you say the way this movie ends. Okay, so like the part about this movie that I really enjoyed was mm-hmm. the shooting of the horror movie. Is that how it ends? Yep. Okay. She yeah, arrives on set and then yes. the aspect ratio starts to like, I didn't even notice until it was like halfway done transitioning into four by three. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening. Oh, okay. And then things go kind of stupid. And then I really didn't like the very last couple minutes, but uh, no, I just love this. Like whole movie is at night, eighties, British neon, just like purple movie where mm-hmm. everyone's miserable and it's about video nasty editing. And it's just like, this could have been a 20 minute movie and that would have been yeah. totally fine. Would have been much better probably, but I don't regret at all watching sensor. I thought it was really cool. I think it's just, like, this one was frustrating where it's like the concept is there. Yeah. And there's like parts of it that I wish they spent more time on. Like yeah. the, I just wish we got more about like what was going on with the censoring. Right. That's such an interesting concept to like have these people manually review and like, why do people care so much? Yeah. And then the other scene that stood out was like in the video store when oh, it's like so this black good. market of censored movies. And it's like, do more of that. I like, don't I, know what I, you mean. I don't need as much like sad people. Yeah. I don't know. Like four yeah. conversations about how her sister is dead. And she's like, yeah, right. no, she isn't. Yeah. I hear you. Not a great movie, but I had a good time with it. Well, there you go. That's all you need. Speaking of which, you watched Blank. I watched... I'll talk about my other... I think my only other theater watch since we last talked is Benedetta. Ooh. Loved Benedetta. Ooh. Ooh. Is that my boy? Paul, Paul? Verhoeven? <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. Um, This was also a redemption arc for me because it was in the same... Uh, showing room. <laughs> and you as... only coughed four times during the entire screening. <laughs> yeah. um, no, this was like excellent. Yeah. Um, nuns, 
I think this movie is sold sort of weird where it's like, a, it's like sold as like lesbian nun movie, which it is, but it's also like another one of those, huh? <laughs> it's also, I don't know. It's a, like just a very interesting exploration of, uh, people seeking power like during sure. this time. And I guess it's inspired by a true story. Would love to learn more about the true story. Cause the main character, Benedetta is just bonkers. <laughs> and it's so awesome. Um, I will say this is probably one of the most unpleasant theater experiences I've had. Um, you say that every time car. I know, but this one was really, really frustrating. And okay. I think it, I think you would have murdered. I would have left. Probably. It was pretty intolerable. The situation was, it was like a packed theater. Okay. Which I is surprising. He, yes. Um, Basically, I got the sense that these were a bunch of people who really liked Verhoeven. Those are like, not people I want to meet in a dark room car. <laughs> I also love, or not love, like Verhoeven <laughs> right. and his movies. But it was like, like he's funny, right? Like he, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, this movie is definitely partially a comedy. Okay. Um, and it's people like clapping their hands, laughing, like howling, and like oh. It felt so disingenuous and so performative and so, like, all of these bros just being like, I get this, which, like, of course you get it. It's not that hard to get. Like, it was just, like, it It was so hard to separate the experience from these people who just, like, wanted to show that they... You're guessing. You're were, theorizing. No, right I'm. It was so over the top. It was mm. just like, and it was like, like two isolated groups of <laughs> people who all came together and like just lost their goddamn minds. I picture you with like a notebook, like two groups, one to the left, four. <laughs> well, people. one was right behind me, and one <laughs> was right to the right of me. It's a very small theater. It's like probably forty people or something. Right. Um, Anyways, so that really sucked and was really frustrating. And I had to keep, like, reminding myself that, like, this is not the movie. These are the people I'm watching the movie with. Um, but other than, <laughs> other than that, I just, I really thought this was, like, excellent. And Aww. very fun, very silly, very dramatic. And I, I don't know. I just, like, had such a good time um, with this movie and highly recommend kind of feels like it came out of nowhere where it's just like here i am with my lesbian nun movie yeah i don't know i think like people fairly so have a hard time with him and i think i think his last movie was l and that was so controversial that maybe sort of got toned down in the marketing department Mm -hmm. or something i don't Mm know Mm -hmm. um but i thought this was great I like that. Yeah. Is it like a horror-y kind of thing? Not really. That's sort okay. of what the trailer makes it look like. Yeah. It's just like nuns sort of doing bad things and okay. talking about God and Jesus. Okay. Like, I guess it, one of the most fun parts of this movie is like... Nun parts. One of the main... Well, I'll just say the main nun <laughs> loves Jesus so much. I see where this <laughs> so is going. Like, yeah. It is just so fun to see someone like actually play out what seemingly so much of all of this is about Uh-oh. like it's just like yeah. okay <laughs> yeah it's really really fun i like that car yeah it's good <laughs> you don't sound convinced <laughs> sounds like you paid more attention to the theater crowd carly 
Yes. Have you ever shushed someone in a theater? Yeah, during Phantom Thread. That's awesome. Yeah. Only time. She was so, it was just like these two old ladies right behind me. Oh, old it's, ladies car? Yeah. yeah. Carly. <laughs> well, come on. It was right at the end when she's like pouring the omelet and the lady's like, is she going to eat the omelet? <laughs> or is he going to eat it? <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Remind me to never go to a movie theater with you, crabby <laughs> pants. Wow. I tried to relax more in yeah. recent history. Yeah. You can just watch it at home. No. Then you just have Bruce to worry about. Yeah, he's cute, though. What if every time you watch a movie at home, Bruce would clap and howl with laughter and <laughs> double over, <laughs> slap his knee? Uh, it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I wish Bruce had a letterbox. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? What would his favorite movie be? Fight Club. <laughs> Do you say Fight Club? <laughs> okay. Anyways, okay. what else did you watch? Uh, I watched 1917. Yes, I was so curious about your thoughts on this. I freaking loved 1917. Did you really? Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Oh, cool. Um, I don't think there's a lot that like dig into necessarily it's uh yeah. very video gamey mm-hmm. i was interested to see a lot of people mention that because it's not something that stood out to me whilst watching it but i totally get where people are coming from it's like a mm-hmm. very modern video game design but just from like a yeah from a technical perspective i just think it's it was just like gripping and always beautiful to look at but never in a way where i'm like mm. Like I'm, I, I didn't feel the need to like inspect it or try to pick it apart. It's just like, mm. you know, it's a magic trick that they mm-hmm. pull the entire movie. And I was, and they don't try to get too into like the pathos of it all mm-hmm. so much, which I appreciated. Where it's very much just like this is a story of something that happened in a war that isn't covered as heavily. And here's two really good characters to base that on and a lot of really outstanding set pieces. And Roger Deakins is shooting this. So it looks incredible. And here you go. Yeah. I think especially like, I feel like the two parts of this, or I guess three parts that stand out. One, I think when the two characters are still together Mm -hmm. and then like how that ends is. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Really just like. I don't know. I like. Yeah. I, I guess I was surprised by how affecting it was, or something. Well, I was so worried for the entire movie that it was just going to be like a Saving Private Ryan thing, where they're talking and then one of them just gets like picked off, you know, right. by a sniper yeah. or something, and that doesn't right. happen. And I was like, okay, awesome. Right. And uh, the second part, I guess, is the nighttime sequence. Oh my god! Is one of the craziest looking things I've ever seen. It's so. Yes. And, like, it, it is to the point that it takes you out of it, or at least it took me out of it, where it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm witnessing, like, the coolest thing anyone's <laughs> ever filmed. And, like, I can't believe how this looks. But right. it's, I'm fine with that. I yeah. Like, I would rather have seen that and have that be the experience than never see it. It's just, right. it's phenomenal. Yes. Um, And then I think the last chunk is, like, just the most thrilling thing. It is. Yeah. I'm with you, Car. Yeah. It knows when to like slow things down and the slow parts don't feel boring. You know, mm-hmm. they feel earned. And then you have the part where he just starts running the wrong direction while they're storming the front or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just like, this looks, 
insane and you know the adrenaline was pumping i'm like this is so cool and then i feel yeah. like they stick the landing really well yeah. um yeah i don't know i was just like a very positive <laughs> uh, movie yeah. viewing experience for me i guess i should give that a rewatch it is like it- just a very enjoyable movie too. It is. It just like yeah. it zips by, you know, it's right. just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what sucks is the only part I really didn't care for. It was a uh, Moriarty guy. I felt like oh, he stuck I out really weirdly. I was so excited to see it. That was yeah. like a highlight for me. I guess I was at that point, I was still distracted because it was like, okay, this is like a one take, you know, is this still the same take? And it's like, mm. if he screwed up a little bit, they're not going to stop it. Because yeah. he's at the end of this, like, chunk. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think his performance was very strong. So maybe I was like, well, they're not going to redo this take, I guess. Maybe yeah. this was acceptable. Uh, and you can totally tell where they're cutting. Yes, right. It's, but that's like a... I guess it is a point because they made such a hullabaloo... Hullabaloo? Right. Hullabaloo about it. But I, it's also not the point. Like, that's a yep. way less fun way to watch the movie. No, totally. But it... I could tell each time. Yeah. I was like, okay. Right. And it's insane to see people like, like, I couldn't tell where the cuts were. It's like whenever anything moves <laughs> yeah. in front of the screen, is stupid. Yeah. The whole perspective changes. What do you think is happening there? Anyway. Go off. <laughs> well, it's just like, I don't know. People have the faculty to have a letterbox and review this movie, but they can't tell where the cut is happening in a movie. It, it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. But anyway, 1917 was really good. Carly, yeah. what's going on with you? Um, I watched, I realized I forgot one I saw in theaters. I watched House of Gucci. Jesus. Um, fine theater experience. No complaints. Everyone there. was sleeping, so it was very <laughs> It was an extremely empty, extremely large theater. That's to be awesome. fair, I saw this, like, how many weeks into its release, but still. Sure. Um, it was fine. It was like. I don't believe you. No, it really, really was. Okay. Um, it was fine. Like, it was. There were parts that were fun. I love watching Lady Gaga on screen. Like, I really, really, really do. I think she is so enjoyable, and I like watching her. And, like, I never forget that it's Lady Gaga in a way that, like, I really appreciate. Like, it's, I don't know, having a pop star, movie star combo is, like, what could be more fun than that? I don't know. Well, Um, (laughs) go on. Like, as many have expressed, some of the performances are crazy. Jared Leto is so ridiculous in the movie. That's fine, right? Um, That's fine. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, it's all fine. Where it's like, some of the choices I really don't like where um, they're in Europe and, like, they're wearing cool clothes and there's really cool scenes. But it's all, like, in this blue-gray filter and it's like why in the world would you do that i can it's unfathomable why would it why they would choose to do that that. but that makes sense because you're like in an alien coldness (laughs) yeah this is like you're in lush italy i can't yeah it's very strange okay um the story is interesting and like seeing all of it play out is really cool especially um, like some other, I don't know, the entire part that's just basically like who gets to control Gucci is less interesting. Right. But when they start to actually go into like, how are, how is the style of the company being developed and everything like that was really cool to play out. Um, especially towards the end of the movie. It absolutely doesn't need to be this long. They could have turned like a full hour off of it. Oof. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like still yeah. glad I saw it. There were fun parts. There were bad parts. 
Um, one of the funniest parts was Salma Hayek plays sort of like a psychic for uh, Lady Gaga's character. Okay. Which is <laughs> kind of wild in itself. Um, but they're in uh, the psychic's apartment. And I think they're trying to convey that, like, I don't know, there's, like, sort of a bohemian, maybe rougher part of town or something. <laughs> and there is, like, truly what feels like really Scott found, like, a track from iMovie and imported it into the movie of cats scratching and, like, howling at each other. What? <laughs> it's just, it, like, for in the background. But it was the most Ooh. noticeable, like... Like an audio oh, track, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, over the audio of this entire scene, it's just... <laughs> like, it is so... It is so, so, uh, so strange and stands out Maybe like that was crazy. just happening in the theater car. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, like, anyone deserves any awards from this or anything. Um, <laughs> I got bad news for you. Yeah. If Lady oh. Gaga got it, I guess I would be upset because there's other better performances this year, but that would be the least bad scenario, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll never watch this movie. That's I can fine. tell you that. Yeah. I don't think you would have very much fun. That's cool. Yeah. I like fun. Adam Driver is so great. He is. I should have said that. He, like, just watching Annette and, like, thinking about all of the different stuff he's done. Yeah. And, like, people notice and, like, everyone loves Adam Driver, but it really feels like he, he's making consistently at least fun choices all the time. And, yeah. like, that's great for him. Go Adam Driver. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like if Daniel Radcliffe was good and popular. <laughs> it could still happen. Okay. Well, Kari, that sounds great. Fine. 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 That sounds fine. We like fine movies here on Pillows on the Windows. I guess. Speaking of which car. Yes. I watched all eight hours of The Beatles. Get yeah, back. tell me about it. This was. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Okay. Probably one of the best viewing experiences of anything I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Jesus. Split it up into three nights. Mm -hmm. We made very British-themed food. Ooh, tell me, like, what? Uh, we made vegetarian bangers and mash, which was of really course. good. And then we did, like, a British breakfast where we had, like, baked beans and marmalade Ooh. on English muffins and bacon and eggs and all kinds of crap. Oh, that's so fun. Got the fireplace going, on the couch, blankets, food. Three hours of Beatles a night. That sounds so fun. It was incredible. Yeah. And the movie was good, too. Or Tell me what you, you liked about it. it. Oh, my gosh. Carly, do you like the Beatles? I think so. I have to... Uh, <laughs> okay. I haven't honestly listened to them in an intentional way since, like, high school. That's fine. Yeah. I love the Beatles, Car. Yeah. I listen to them pretty much daily. Really? I do. Um, most because they're one of the only things I have on my computer at work to listen to, <laughs> but I, uh, have been getting into their music a lot again lately mm. before this movie came out. Um, and I wish this, uh, movie, which is 
Peter Jackson going through 60 hours of archival footage of them recording Get Back, Let It Be, Get Back. Uh, I wish it was any one of their other albums because I don't really care for Let It Be all that much Yeah, as an album. But uh, this is such a great thing, I think. It is so fascinating to see these four people in this absolutely insane scenario where of their own volition, they decided to tape themselves constantly in a room and be like, we're going to go into a room and we're going to walk out of that room with an album and a performance and a TV show and watching that slowly unravel and them unravel and everything go wrong. But also they come out of it with all this music and this amazing rooftop concert at the end and the way that Peter Jackson has turned this ancient TV footage into this HD movie that looks good enough. It looks like he kind of put a Photoshop filter over the whole thing, but that's fine. Yeah. It still looks fine if you squint at it <laughs> and it sounds great. And there's some really questionable editing. It's really insane what he did. I've never seen it in a movie before. There was way more audio than footage. Okay. So there's scenes where, you know, in a movie, (laughs) when two people are talking to each other and you see Uh the one person and then you see the back of the other person's head and you can kind of see their mouth moving, but, and they're talking, but it doesn't really sync up correctly. Yeah. A lot of this movie is that. Because he okay. took audio and then he just put in footage where you can't actually see them talking, but it's supposed to portray that they're oh. talking. Really weird. Interesting. The lip sync is off in a lot of this movie, and it's because it's not actually the footage of them talking. It's the audio applied to other footage. Interesting. Very strange. Kind of I guess what else do you do? Like, I don't know. Not make people wouldn't watch it if like <laughs> it was just like a black screen while that was playing. Right. right. Yeah. Because they've heard all that before. Yeah. Because people are crazy, and you go on YouTube, and it's like Beatles archival from the studio. Paul yeah. rips a fart. Take out blooper number thirty-seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I just it. I've never seen something like this before. And Krista watched it with me, God bless her. And she's not really a Beatles fan, but she still really enjoyed it. I think Mm. just because it's such, it is just seeing this artistic process happen. You know, these four people who were on top of the world struggling with every aspect of this project and overcoming it in some ways, having to deal with business, having to deal with trying to communicate with each other when they're not good at it. Having to have, you know, we need to bring a celebrity in and then they're going to sit there awkwardly and talk to the Beatles and no one knows what to do. And then they leave because that was somebody's idea, because there's like 18 people with ties on walking around during this whole thing being like, how do we make this snappy for TV? And, you know, it's really uh, just uh, invaluable, this movie. If you could, would you watch like the full 60 hours? Uncut? No. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. It Because this was edited down <coughs> and it's still eight hours, I trust that Peter Jackson put in what he felt was necessary. Yeah, right. 
and I was, it gets better as it goes and it remains interesting and it ends on such this amazing, like just, you can feel how tired everyone is and you can feel how triumphant it is because they do the big show and everybody is able to walk away happy with what happened Mm. and you get to see just all the crazy sixties fashion. Yeah, that's fun. John being out of his mind and Yoko is just constantly sorting mail the entire time, which is fascinating. Oh my God. Just so really liked it. The end. The Beatles. Cool. Skip it. I really want to watch that uh, uh, war documentary that he did where he colorized all the. Oh, yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, that's for another day. Are those yeah. the two main documentary projects he's done? I believe so. He seems okay. really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> From what I you don't want him to make the Hobbit five mm, or uh, the ghostly bones part two or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ugh, yoy, yoy. Right, what else is going on? Um, I watched the matrix. Oh my God. I could talk yeah. about the matrix with you for the next <laughs> eight hours. Let's go. Yeah. It was so great. I love this movie car. T- take me through it, dude. Um, so I'd seen like the first half of it before. Right. Um, Nobody and I, makes the first jump card. <laughs> and I've made, or I've, like I've seen bits and pieces when we were growing up, I think. Yeah, um, at Dave and Odd's cabin, sure. Yes, that's right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just like, a, I don't think I have anything groundbreaking to say about it, but like, it's very cool that such a high concept was delivered in such a, an extremely competent and mm-hmm. stylish way. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so remarkably done. I, all of the casting is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Keanu... Mm-hmm. I feel like this might be one of his... Or one of the worst performances from him mm-hmm. that I've seen, mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But it's fine, because it <laughs> works... Like, he works in it or something. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine it being anyone else. Um... And he's also just, like, extremely genuine in a way that's nice for this character, I think. Um, Car. Uh-huh. That is why I am worried about the new one. Why? Because he's not genuine anymore. I think he is. I think it's just, like, everyone's realized that that's his thing. No, he's a meme lord now, and I can't handle it, Car. I don't think he wants to be, though. I don't think I that's think actually, like, his deal. Mm-mm. He was at the Game Awards, dude. I don't know what that means. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry to interrupt, but. <laughs> um, and then I, like, obviously the action sequences are going to be cool, but the action sequences were like, I couldn't believe it. Like, there were multiple times where I was, like, scoffing at how insane it was. Yeah. Specifically, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. um, the part when uh, they're, like, on the helicopter shooting into the building. Yes. And when they're in the lobby of the building <laughs> yeah. uh, below. Yeah. Like, both of those parts were like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. The one shot of, like, um, not the bullets raining down, like, shot way from below of the helicopter. But okay. there's one shot where you, I think, just see, like, <clears throat> her feet on the, like, rungs of the helicopter. And okay. it's, like, sort of slow-mo. And you see the bullet casings, like, falling away. It was like, that's the coolest thing <laughs> ever. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, I'm with you. And then, yeah, the fashion is awesome. And it's so crazy that they just, like, 
invented a way for people to spoof something forever and ever and yeah. ever and ever and everyone looks so awesome and there's no reason for them to like to be leather I thought daddies. it was going to be more huh yeah the leather guys like I thought it was going to be more a part of the plot where it's like we have to dress this way or right. like right. we're undercover this is, this is the thing or Where's something. It's not at all. There's no talk about the fact that they have to be shiny and wear tiny sunglasses. <laughs> like it's just so awesome. Um, yeah, that's about it. God, so many moments in this movie just make me smile and reminisce. I love. What's favorite is him in the restaurant eating the steak. Yeah, it's so good. I could watch that forever. Yeah, I could watch. Not like this forever because it's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you get to watch the sequel. The I'm excited. Sequel. Don't be excited, Carl. Why not? They're bad. That's okay. Come on. The second, I don't understand how people are excited for I. I'm getting some stuff off my chest here, Carl. I'm very apprehensive about this new Matrix movie. I don't think That's it's going to okay. be good. And I don't understand why other people think it's good because the third movie is terrible. And everybody was like, the Matrix. And now everybody's like, oh my God, Keanu's back and they're making another Matrix movie. I don't understand it. I don't understand how culture works. I don't understand how the internet I think works, Twitter. Like, Y2K stuff is super. It can't be that, though. It can't be like, I need to go to this toll booth so I can get out of the Matrix, right? But I just mean, like, that era is so uh, top of mind culturally right now that I think that yeah. helps. Um, I don't know. I think people also just, like, want to have fun and it seems like a nice way to have fun. Why? I guess, like, also for me, I feel like I made it through Sense8 and so much of that was, like, Garbo nonsense. But there were also so many, like, very nice moments between it. That's like, I don't yeah. need a super high ratio of payoff. Like, right. this Matrix was a very, very high ratio. But okay. I'll take, like, three magical moments. Like, Nomi mm. and I forget his name sitting in the museum and talking. Like, if I just get a few of those, I'm fine with it. I, yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Okay, but let, for uh, for research purposes, let me just uh, go through in my mind the movies the Wachowskis have made since the original Matrix. Jupiter Ascending, Speed Racer, The Matrix sequels. Where's the hype coming from, Carr? People hated all of these movies. What's going on? Why are well, they like... Well, I, I do think also that people are... Or there's a growing cult of people who are super into Jupiter Ascending and yes. Speed Racer and stuff. Okay, but I don't think those are the people who are like... Ex well, I think those people are excited for this movie. I also yeah. think there's a bunch of people who are like, man, I remember The Matrix. And then like they're going to go watch this movie and I just don't understand. Because I'm, I'm getting inside my own head here, but you can't... <laughs> as much as I really don't think the third movie is good of the mm -hmm. matrix it established or it tried to create this like lore this universe mm -hmm. i don't think this new movie is going to be able to take advantage of any of that because people are not going to go over and watch the third matrix movie yeah did not like the third matrix movie and was so rooted in its time that to create a sequel now 20 years later about this series that was happening during the conversion from basically from dial-up to high-speed internet, I just don't understand. 
I haven't watched any trailers or anything for the new one, but I just, it seems, it doesn't seem like something that is necessitated by the storytelling. It seems like something that is necessitated by, hey, we own the Matrix now and let's make another Matrix movie without one of the two people who made the original Matrix. And that just feels bad to me. I don't know. Like, mm, open heart, open mind. No, I know. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not trying to sneeze in your Wheaties or anything here, Car. Uh, Stop sneezing in my Wheaties. (laughs) I'm just a little apprehensive. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think also, like, you carry a lot more. um, I have some baggage. And, like, you care more, I think, than I do. Like, but I, I don't care. That's what I'm saying. I don't need another Matrix movie. This seems but bad. But I, I mean to say, like, you care about the Wachowski's filmography and stuff. I do, very much so. a more powerful way, yeah. Where's Bound 2? Bound's so awesome. Oh, <laughs> did you see Gina's working with the Woody Allen still somehow? Yeah. You know what sucks, Car? Huh? Is when I'm browsing the boxed. And I come mm-hmm. across a really interesting sounding movie, and then I look at the director credit. <laughs> yeah. It's happened more than once. Yeah. Whoa, he goes back to the 20s in Paris? That's crazy. <laughs> Owen Wilson? I like Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah, that movie's all right. Wow. What else? <laughs> wow. I watched Dune. Oh, yes, yes. I watched the first half of Dune. Yes. Then I turned it off. The first half of the first half? The first half of the first half, the first quarter of Dune I watched. Yeah. Uh, You're black. It just feels like it feels like MCU Star Wars Disney conglomeration influence. It's like I made this look really good, but it's stupid and empty and nobody's really acting or doing anything. But there's a lot of world building. It didn't do anything for me. I was just like sleeping. So I do like it. I think it looks really good. It does like, look really I, good. Yeah. It's not um, enough for me. I think it is enough for me. Like I, <laughs> okay. th- I feel like this is like filling a gap in my cultural <laughs> existence, which is just like, I'm not against getting into some lore. No, sure. That yeah. sounds fine. Yeah. The Matrix. Um, but most of the time it looks like freaking garbage and i don't like the people in it and i don't like the directors and stuff and it's like sure. they gave me a nice little package where it's like it's all there oh yeah sure and i'll take it yeah no i get you yeah and timmy come on well, yeah i don't know i just felt like i was supposed to be enjoying things as they were happening i'm like i'm not enjoying mm. this at all what about the um helicopters no, I don't. I people need to shut up about these helicopters. It's not that cool. It's not that okay. cool. I, I have a T-shirt that says the Dragonfly helicopters from Dune Part One 2021 are not that cool. I'll get that for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the sequence where they're saving the spice, I thought was really, really good. I was just like, I I. I was in a fugue state during that whole thing. I know what you're talking about, but I was just yeah. like, huh? <laughs> I didn't understand what the stakes of anything were. I didn't understand who anyone was. And they're in a helicopter and then stuff started blowing up. And I was like, I'm going to maybe start to think about turning this movie off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some really cool looking stuff in this movie, though. Yeah, really, really cool. 
if this whole movie was just him in the weird holographic tree room and then a little Star Wars Episode 2 drone tries to kill him, that was pretty cool. Did you get to the spider? The crazy spider? I did get to the crazy spider. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I just think... Yeah, I don't know. I am so happy that, like... How come more people don't make stuff look like Denis Villeneuve makes stuff look like? I think it takes a lot of work, Car. Yeah, it probably takes a lot of work. But it does feel like this thing where it's like, it feels like it's speaking to a style I like specifically. I don't think that's true at all, because everyone seems to like how this looks. So it's like, (laughs) why don't we stop making things look like they do now? Right. And then make it look more like this. <laughs> well, Which I think is probably just to say, let's yeah. stop making stuff look like garbage, idiots, and spend some time on it. <sighs> now I'm getting worked up. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I think it. this movie doesn't look new to me. It doesn't look inventive. It just looks very like he's refining aesthetic styles in his movie, which is fine. Yeah. But I was never blown away by the originality of anything. It's like, oh, that looks like a cool spaceship. I think I was, I think some of the like costume styling really blew me away. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think it is like very, um, inventive in the way where it's like bringing so many different elements together and stuff like uh, that, I think really blew me away. And I do think (laughs) it's like a, a new, I don't know, felt like they were like pushing some boundaries or something. Yeah. I'm trying to think if anything else did. I mean, I don't know. I love the Alexander Skarsgård. Or not Alexander. Jeez. Uh, oh, God. The other Skarsgård. Sort your Skarsgårds, dude. Um, him being like a drippy monster was just so great. That was all right. Yeah. I really didn't care for uh, Aquaman guy uh, or whatever was happening there. I don't normally like him, but I really liked him in this movie. He felt so out of place and like Marvel movie e to me. <laughs> That's fair. Where it made the yeah. whole thing feel like a Marvel movie. Like, Denis, we brought you in to Marvel to make a movie <laughs> and it would look just like this movie. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, so that didn't really work. <laughs> I just, I'm not primed to enjoy this because I didn't watch Game of Thrones and I don't like, you know, I never read Dune. I don't care about sci-fi epics like this normally. Yeah. Like, I think it's fine that I really didn't get anything out of this because I'm just, it's not for me and uh, yeah. it's fine. Okay. Well, no, I just, I'm not angry that people like this movie or anything. Yeah. I was just kind of uh, like, I, there was no negative reaction to it. There it's was just, just fine. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah. Ah! So that was Doom. No Kobe. One of our um, 10 canonical movies of the year. What else? <laughs> um, I think my only other one is Pig. Pig. Oh, Nick Cage. Yeah, I was bummed out by this. Okay. It, like, fell flat for me, oh. um, which I really didn't want. Okay. Um, was he hamming it up? No. Mm. Actually, like, not mm. at all. Mm. Oh, very good. Mm. Okay. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's late in the day. I thought Nick Cage was good. Always. I don't know. Like, I... 
It just like so much of it like really rung false for me. Mm. And it's such a sort of like genuine movie that that was really problematic, I think, where like Yeah. It's way more a movie about like food and stuff than I thought it would be. And like I love food culture and stuff, and like so much of it like felt like <laughs> salt too- and fat. <laughs> well okay. it just like felt too on the nose or something. Like it felt like if I tried to make a movie about food or something. It's like, I like it, Mm. but like, I actually don't know anything. And like, I don't get the power behind it or something like it or the right way to talk about it. That doesn't feel. Can you give an example card? Cause that's okay. So there's a scene at a restaurant. I don't, I don't know how much to give away. There's a scene. Basically Nick Cage knows a lot about food. Okay. Um, and his truffle pig was stolen and they're trying to find out where the truffle pig is. And so they, him and um, Alex Wolf, who was great to see. Okay, um, I don't know who that is, but I'm with you. The kid from Hereditary. The kid from Hereditary. The son. Okay. Oh, nice. Pagan, or Payman? Sorry, not Pagan. He made it out of there. It sounds like I've fallen apart. That's Um, okay. No Kobe. Like they're at a restaurant, and um, Nick Cage's character knows the chef, and it's like a very modern. Uh, sort of experimental restaurant and Nick Cage does this like brutal takedown of the chef's style talking okay. about like how it's not um, not like thoughtful or meaningful or anything right, and, like don't you want to k- cook this food and it's just like hitting you over the head with the emotionality of it or something that sounds all right though Car. I don't know it really like it made me like embarrassed or something like sure. it gave me that like ugh, like Mm, too <laughs> like an desperate. axe to grind kind of thing or something like the movie is like getting a point across you think or yes it's definitely getting a point across and it's so like on the surface with everything right Remember while the food trying soul? to be like very very stylish at the same time i don't know yeah. it like something didn't add up for me okay. i thought nick cage was really really great like in a very i would say like subtle and measured performance oh um and there were a couple moments i thought were really cool but like it just and it's so dramatic in a lot of ways too like some of the characters are going through like really really difficult stuff so you're like going through this high and low of like i would say like essentially melodrama and then like subtle food scenes i don't know it's i i can't really place like what didn't work for me but it I didn't really feel anything from it, I guess. I get and you. it feels like you were really supposed to feel something from it. Hmm. If I was going to make a movie where people were supposed to feel something, I probably would not cast Nick Cage as the main character. Is that unfair? I think, I think he is probably the best part of the movie. Okay. And I think he, like, uh, he is carrying a lot of emotional weight and he does it really well. I have no complaints about him in this movie. And I think like the casting is actually pretty good because he plays like he is so sort of undone in this movie and like bloodied up and stuff. Um, At the the same time, I was sort of solely thinking about him and Mandy, which is like maybe my favorite Nick Cage Mm. movie of all time. And I like just deeply want to revisit that movie because it's so freaking awesome. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I still want to see it. Yeah, I like it. You might like this is one where it's like I get other people having a different response to it. <laughs> I 
sometimes I have a harder time. It's, it's a lot of e- movies are easier for me to categorize as good or bad. This one was like, I don't know, didn't work for me, but I can't. I have a hard time like figuring out how good it actually is or something. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what to do with that car. That's okay. <laughs> You've handed me a bowl of chili and I can't separate out the beans on that one. I don't like chili. Do you like the Green Knight? Yes. Okay, I watched the Green Knight. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, we uh, we're wrapping up, car. I'm just going through some stuff here. You do it. Okay, the Green Knight. Well, what'd you think? Um, I really like the first half. Yeah. Really like the first half. Very good looking movie. Mm-hmm. Really like the first half. Mm-hmm. The second half. I loved it, dude. No, I didn't <laughs> like the second half at all. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> um, it goes from this like A24 dark medieval like basically like music video i don't know this is a very uh i was into this movie because of the way it looked basically Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying uh there wasn't a lot for me to dig into uh the second half tries to do that i think and i think it fails miserably because all the dialogue scenes in this movie are the most boring thing in the entire world and everybody's just saying nothing to each other And it doesn't seem to have any bearing on anything because the second half is all very episodic. Like, I went to a place and there's something weird happening here and now I'm going to talk to the person. And there's a theme behind this movie, but I can't really tell what it is because it doesn't seem like there's any personal growth happening in this movie. I think that... Okay, I'm trying to remember. I think the theme is like... I Like, maybe not the theme. I think it's like an interesting... A far more interesting exploration of, like, taking down the archetype of these types of stories than I've probably ever seen. Like, it, hmm. seeing all of his flaws and seeing all the ways that it plays out for him, I think is really cool. I disagree, I guess. Just because there's, like, four, you know, there's, like, four episodes, let's call them. That he goes mm-hmm. through in the second half of this movie. Like the first half is all set up and it's really good. It's a great setup. The scene where the knight shows up on Christmas is, mm-hmm. I think, phenomenal. There's so much great. They frame that so well and there's so much tension and it's such a cool design on the green knight and everything. Yeah. And then he ventures out. And things happen, but there's this tone of surrealism or... um. It's all like, it's very like, this is a fable, you know, it's not realistic in any way. So it's really yeah. hard for me to kind of see into his character when, say, a ghost shows up and then they talk to each other for a minute and then he goes into like this dream lake and gets a skull out of the lake. And it's mm. like, I think there's mm. something happening here. And I guess he's learning something from this experience, but it doesn't really, there's no, he doesn't apply it, you know, it's yeah. like. This thing happened to me, and now I can move on to the next thing. But it, and I understand mm-hmm. that this is drawing from very old source material that was kind of, you know, I I haven't read the original story, but I'm sure it's paced exactly like that, where it's like, this would make sense at the time, and he did these seven things, and this mm-hmm. is what he learned. But as a movie, it's just a very nice looking series of images, I thought, and it started to lose the, it started to unravel on me towards the end. Ah, gosh, like, because I think the episodes are so, it's not just like that they look cool. It's like they are, 
interesting episodes or something like it. Each of the pieces I really, really love. Um, I honestly completely forgotten about the lake one. The one that really stands out is the uh, Lissy Vikander stuff in like the palace. Yeah, that's where I started to really lose the plot on what was happening. I think that one is maybe the one that feels like the least tied to uh, I don't know I think it does work from a character development perspective but it does stand out as like a oh this is a cool concept and like yeah. it, is that all it is I don't think it is but yeah. yeah um and then I think I like the way it ends a lot mm-hmm. and I don't remember when I think this is like pre the ending but one of my favorite scenes from the year is or maybe moments, I don't know if it qualifies as a scene, Hmm. is, like, the stretch of time where he's just, like, sitting at the Green Knight's foot, Mm -hmm, essentially. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just quiet and Mm -hmm. beautiful. And, like, I I felt so much, like, joy about, like, movies or something in that moment. It is wonderful. I, I don't know. And I... It's hard, again, to put my finger on it, what exactly it is. But, like, the movie, I think, just, like, does exactly what it wants to do a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, I, I think, for the most part, loved the result. Yeah. No, I think this was a cool movie. I just, uh, it didn't, there's no wrapping up with a boat. Well, there is, actually. I think the ending is actually very good. But um, yeah. it didn't come together as, like, a full experience. I thought it was, like, a... You could have cut out the entire middle of this movie, I feel like. I know they're cool scenes, but I didn't feel like it contributed to my understanding of anything that was happening. It was just like... And I feel like that's supposed to be the point. Like, he's going on this journey, and he's learning about himself and his place in the world, but it didn't... It all kind of happens at the end, I thought. Yeah, that's completely fair. I also think, like, because so much of this relies on how charismatic the main character is. Yeah. Like, if yeah. it wasn't Dev Patel, I don't know what this movie would be. <laughs> he is so yeah. handsome and, yes. like, has, like, the boyishness that, mm-hmm. like, I, I truly don't think this movie works with, like, just about anyone else. <laughs> it's maybe the best casting of all time. Wow. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, Car. He's so great. Yeah. Um, speaking of wrestling with my own mortality, I think the uh, whole... They spent just enough time on it where they're showing the one year passing and uh, Mm. there's a shot where he sees just one snowflake falling. And I was like, dang. Yeah. This was portrayed well. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like the giant people? I guess I I expected more, I guess, out of that scene. Like, it's a cool scene. It's a really cool image. um, Yeah. But nothing really happens there. Yeah. They howl. And then the terrible looking CGI wolf or a fox thing goes... So that guy is, like, in everything now, and I love him. The fox? (laughs) The raspy voice guy. He's, like, (laughs) he's in Spencer in such a different role than I've seen him be in it. Like, normally he's, like, that sort of steely villain or something. Sure. In Spencer, he's, like, one of the most lovely characters. Like, I, I think he was in one or two other things this year, too. Like, he's just, I love seeing him pop up. I think he's always really fun. I have no idea who you're talking about, but I agree with you. The, like a super raspy voice guy. <laughs> I don't. Know and he was the bad guy in okay. multiple Mission Impossibles. 
Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. John Void? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on real quick here. <laughs> John Void in the Green Knight would be insane. <laughs> uh, good cast all around, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I got two more, Kai. Okay. Actually, I thought I had one more. Well, there's some I'm not talking about. That's fine. Music's bad. Uh, <laughs> Army of the Dead. Okay, yes. I was rolling out my uh, Zack Snyder. I had to do my one-two. Yeah. Justice League and Army of the Dead. Um, not a great movie. No, I wouldn't imagine. Okay, moving on. Um, Anything? I mean, <laughs> nothing else? Uh, no, I thought it was fine. It was, there's some very enjoyable parts to it. There's yeah. one part that I would, I need, I keep meaning to nominate for scene of the year because it's so mm-hmm. stupid and uh so it's self-aware in a way i've never seen a movie be self-aware and it's really interesting but uh hmm. we'll get to that conversation at a later date um uh, wait how zach snydery did it feel <sighs> it felt more fun than i associate okay. yeah but also less fun than the poster makes it look like <laughs> I expected like day glow neon party movie and it's very gray and sad and like Oh seriously? But like there's so much and this is the Zack Snyder that I like is there's like this whole mythology to yeah. the zombies and there's like all the stuff in the background that's happening. There's they kill one zombie in the movie and it's a robot and they never explain it. Huh. It's so crazy. And there's a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I really like that. Huh. That's really cool. But at the end of the day, it's like this really weirdly shot kind of slow paced heist movie where the heist takes up maybe like 15 minutes of the movie and the rest is like shooting zombies or being sad. <laughs> I like Tignataro. Yes, she's very good, and uh, the kind of opening sequence is great, and then it leads into this amazing credits, like opening credits scene, where Mm. it's just, here's 15 ideas for zombies in Vegas, and it's just like that with (laughs) dumb music going on, and that's really fun, and then, uh, no, I, like, there's way worse movies I've seen this year, but uh, Mm. it didn't blow me away or anything. Hmm. I don't think you need to watch it if that's what you're asking. I will never, yeah. Okay, but it's that bad. Like, I could see you watching it. I don't think you would hate it, but whatever. I guess it could happen. It just doesn't feel right. There are more Zack Snyder-y Zack Snyder. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. Like, if I'm going to go down that road. Sure. Let's do the real thing. This felt... A lot of Zack Snyder movies feel like they're enjoyable because they're Zack Snyder movies. This just felt like a movie. This felt like something somebody could watch. You know, like, it's not like... You don't need to go in with the the knowledge that it's Zack Snyder to okay. Like, like there's just good like zombie action sequences. Yeah, I, I like zombies. Um, one more movie I wanted to watch is actually yes. th- or talk about and watch. It's three movies, Car. Oh, the Fear Street trilogy. The what? Fear Street. Oh, Fear Street. Fear okay, Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, went in with very low expectations, Car. Hmm. Came away loving these movies. Oh, that's fun. Not the first one. Okay. First one is kind of like Stranger Things backwash. Not okay. Not loving it. But what's the year on that one? Nineteen ninety four. Oh, that's kind of weird. Then no. 
Why? Because it's later, isn't it? It is later. It doesn't feel like the 90s at all, except that there's like 90s song needle drop every five seconds. It's like the Cruella of the (laughs) 90s. It's so stupid. Um, Wait, really quick. That's also House of Gucci. House of Gucci is just constant music. Like pop songs, like ironic. Yeah. And like, sort of fun. Look, I'm really sorry to interrupt your fiercer thing. Okay. The maybe most fun thing in House of Gucci is one of the first pop song needle drops. I'm hating myself right now because I'm forgetting what song it is. Okay. But it's an Italian cover of it. Okay. And it was like, oh, that's so fun. And okay. I thought that was going to be it for the rest of the movie. And then I think that's the only time it happened. And it's back to Michael Jackson's beat it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> okay. Um... I am so into what these movies are, I guess. I think it's really hmm. fascinating to put out a movie trilogy at once. Yeah. Is that fascinating? You tell me, Car. I'm not um, sure. Would this just I be a TV so show? I think so for horror movies. Okay. This could very much just be a Netflix show. It kind of probably is, right? Like, it kind what's of the is, difference yeah. to anyone? And we've had that conversation before. I think this yeah. is a very blatant example of it. But yeah. The other thing is I'm much more likely to sit down and watch three movies than I am to sit down and watch, you know, eight episodes of a TV show. Yeah, right. So there you go. Um, but this is such a fun. I was honestly like blown away by how much fun this ends up being towards oh. the end as it goes. Uh, because it's this R-rated trilogy of horror films. But it has the feel. It's based on an R.L. Stein book. So imagine Goosebumps. Hmm. But rated R and kind of really good. Okay, that sounds fun. (laughs) Where the second movie is like, you know, axe killer at a sleepaway camp or whatever, you know, like summer. Okay. But they are weaving so much of this dumb, but kind of like poignant lore and mythology into it, Hmm. where it ends up becoming about something more. Then it appears and it there's like these very nice visual representations of that where this town has been kind of cursed where every so often there's like this deranged killer. And so you get these really awesome scenes in this movie where the killer of this town from every period shows up in one spot. So it's like evil milkman from the 50s and then like teenage girl in the 60s with a switchblade and she's all uh, in like 60s outfit and then like little kid with a creepy mask on yeah. and it's just like now we have to escape all of these people Ooh. at once and you can't kill them they like blow them all up in the first movie and then they all just like they come okay. back together so there's yeah. no killing them so there's this really nice but you get because it's split into three time periods you get these really awesome like this is this character from this time period. And then it's like, I didn't expect to see them here younger in this Uh, context. And that's really fun. Or like, but then for the one that takes place in the 1600s, it's all the main cast playing different characters in that time period, which is really cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just about every part of this worked for me (laughs) at some point. I was just like blown away because it is, it reaches for something but it's also just super fun the entire time. It's mm. very, it's very uh, kind of almost like grindhousey, like cheesy, gory, extremely gory, sweary. Yeah. Not very sexually explicit, but more sexually explicit than I would 
guess from like an R.L. Stein adaptation. Sure. It's just yeah. a very horror movie, self-aware, but fun movie. Is it ever scary? There's creepy stuff. It's the form of horror where it's like guy with an axe and a bag over his head is chasing people and killing right. them. So okay. that's not really that scary to me. So I wasn't scared by it, but I was engaged by the action because it's very oh, okay. creative, like kills and you know yeah it knows when to just like have 10 minutes of fun horror movie killing people and then it knows how to bring things down and have people talk about this cool mythology that's happening yeah so i just was not on my radar at all and then it's like oh my god i need to watch all of these in now (laughs) that sounds really fun yeah um so one of your reviews talked about a guy <laughs> character. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay, so that made me think of two things. Okay. So that guy is in Succession. Okay. And I just have to say, so the Did Succession. Did I ruin him for you? No, 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 okay. no, no, not at all. Okay. Um, the Succession season finale that aired okay. on Sunday is yeah. like the. I love it so much. Okay. Um, and like if. Letterbox let me it would be like I would say top <laughs> six somewhere in the top six of the year okay sure if I could treat it as on your movie. list right on my list um and it would be nominated for many as Rocky um okay. it can't be I just right. want to shout it I like I I I watched it again last night and was just like uh, my attention was so I was so into it the entire yeah. time and it felt so like significant in that way, and it's so well thought out, and it's so beautiful. Um, and then I also that made me think that I want to touch on the other piece of television that I've been watching. Please, which is Top Chef. Um, no, it's so much worse than that. It's more. It's closely aligned to Love Island. I would say. <laughs> I was um, gonna say it is Selling <laughs> Sunset. Um, is what? Do you know what this is? Selling Sunset. Please tell me, Car. It is a Netflix reality show. Go on. About the Oppenheim Group, which is a group of real estate brokers in LA who uh, serve uh, multi-million dollar slash billion multi-millionaire slash billionaire clients. Okay. Um, they are uh. all beautiful and <laughs> hate each other. Okay. And they're all just walking around big houses and sort of arguing about them. Um, I've like <laughs> s- sort of rewatched the entire Ooh. thing twice now. It's so Ooh. I don't know. You've uh, sort of rewatched it. <laughs> well, because I have it on just like all the time Ooh. in the background Curry. in a really nice way. Why? It's lovely. Okay. They are so strange. They behave so differently than I would ever behave. Um, and they're so successful, like they're yeah. so, so, so rich. Like you'll see they're selling a house for like $20 million. So their commission is like one and a half million dollars just off selling this one house and they'll sell like X number of other houses that year. And their lifestyle is so crazy. I don't know. It's like one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever watched. Um, but it's really, really fun. What's the name again, Car? Selling Sunset. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. If you ever want to, like, rot your brain. Yeah. That's the way to do it. All right, that's awesome. 
Yeah, it kind of is. I'll probably watch an episode after this. Probably. Well. Do you ever fall asleep to TV? No, I would love to, though. I really yeah. would. People yeah. talk about doing that. That seems like too much. I, th- I mean, like, so I shouldn't say no. Like, I would say, like, once a year I fall asleep um, watching a movie or something. Unintentional. That might be the coziest experience of all time. Okay. That's lovely. Do you like to go to bed at night or just like I fell asleep and now it's 5 p.m. and I have a headache? Uh, more so along that. Like, okay. uh, yeah. I, I could never, I don't think, do like the, oh, I just woke up from falling asleep for from watching TV and then go straight to bed from there. It's more like a little nap. <laughs> But also, I think just, like, napping on the couch is such a nice thing that I never no. do because I can't. Every time I take a nap, it ruins the next, like, four days of my life. It is. That's hyperbolic. One of the worst feelings is eating. A, Bruce is going wild right now. One of the worst feelings in the world is eating a salty food and then taking a nap and waking up. And you're just like, oh, and you don't know where you are or what time it is. You're and, so dehydrated. You know, yeah. And you're just like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That sounds great, Car. Yeah. I have, that. Uh, uh, speaking of TV shows, speaking uh-huh. of feeling bloated and gross and needing to poop, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I'm one and a half episodes into Midnight Mass, and it's really good. What is that? That's the uh, Haunting of Hill House guy. Oh, okay. Show. Okay. Uh, it seems like fantastic, I guess. Really? I don't, don't want to say that because I don't know what the public opinion is. Maybe I'm wrong, but... It seems really good. So I don't know anything about the public opinion of Midnight Mass. I would guess it's positive because, okay, okay, I really like the main actor. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at screenshots. Um, uh, I know Haunting of Hill House was super well received, but I tried watching it. I really didn't like it. Same. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I made it one episode in and wasn't feeling it. This is great, though. Really? Can you tell me the basic premise? Um, this, uh, Chicago guy, uh, like stockbroker guy, uh, is drunk behind the wheel and kills a, another person in a car accident, goes to prison for four years. Mm -hmm. And then he gets out and he moves back in with his parents who live on this very small island fishing community in the middle of nowhere. And same time he arrives, this new priest comes in. It's this very religious community. And, uh, End of the first episode, things have started to go very wrong in this town. And Ah. uh, beginning of episode two, things continue to go wrong in this town. And it feels like a powder keg ready to go situation going on. uh, It's cool because it's very generational because you have the sun coming back and then like, you know, we need new blood for the town because, you know, (laughs) everyone's moving away. But we also need new blood. Ooh. They uh, portray his grief over the uh, incident in such a cool way. Hmm. It's it's a visual. It's one visual, but it is one of the coolest visuals I've seen. Interesting. Like, could you? I really assumed this was like of a piece with Haunting of Hill House. Well, it kind of is, right? Like, it's like depressive horror <laughs> but like you know. a, that was so like it felt like a bad abc drama mixed with that's kind of this horror. okay it feels very like this could have been a ripoff of twin peaks you know after twin peaks came out type of thing but that's i guess like, i just don't mind that as 
if the tone is right, I guess that feels like it would work. I'm much more on board with like weird kind of rundown fishing community over whatever was going on. And because Hill House was just like rich people being sad, right? Where it's just like, we're a big family and there's a ghost. Yeah. That didn't do anything for me. But this is like, I like this a lot. There's a lot of like, because, you know, you have like the characters you would expect in this little community and there's like a lot of butting heads. And it's like the sheriff is, uh, he's a foreigner and it's this very religious community. So there's a lot of like, he's Islamic. So there's a lot of like tension and like a lot of people muttering things under their breath. And it's like, everyone seems terrible here and things go anyway. Hmm. I like the sound of it. Yeah. And there's like really like, split second scare in the first episode where it's like oh that's creepy and because otherwise it's kind of like you know there's no supernatural stuff going on but there's like one shot where it's like oh my god and then like oh i guess i saw a tree move or something i don't know and then they ignore (laughs) it to their detriment so yeah yeah i don't know i gotta i stopped watching because i wanted to watch it with krista and we made it through the first episode and then uh Uh, we need to keep watching cool Carly. Yep. I think it's time for us to go to bed. Yeah, sleepy time. <laughs> uh, we got to pick our movies for next time, though. Yeah. I have two 2021s queued up, so. Ooh. Do I get to Do you want to go first? Oh. I was going to do the. Oh, I said we were going to do 2021s, didn't I? Because I had a really stupid old movie <laughs> ready to go. Uh, oops. <laughs> we cannot do it. I just figured I would. Uh, well, you go because I need to look up movies from this year now. Well, I okay. So the two options are The Last Duel or Passing. Is there a way for me to watch The Last Duel? I think so. Isn't it on? Mm, uh, mm, let me see. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm. Apparently, maybe. Um, I don't. It looks like yes. We'll say yes. What was the other one? Passing the it's Rebecca Hall speaking of her her di- directorial debut. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You pick car. I don't know. Let's do last duel. If it's difficult to watch, we'll go to passing. Okay. Okay. Um, freaking, I don't know, car. I've you seen don't all have the to movies. Twenty twenty one. I've seen all the movies I want to see from this year. I mean, honestly, that's sort of like I was looking through someone else's list of all the twenty twenty ones, and like either. It's not available yet, or right. it's kind of like... Mm, Dear Evan Hansen! <laughs> God, Chaos Walking. That's uh, okay. Coming to America 2. Yeah. The Kissing Booth 3. Yeah. White Tiger? Cherry? Uh, how did Cherry come out this year? That Cherry? feels so wild. Moxie? Anyways, what were you going to pick before? Oh, The Ninth Gate. What's that? That's a Roman Polanski thriller starring Johnny Depp where he has to... Holy uh, crap. There's a book from the devil and he's got to like see if it's real or something. It sounds okay. like a nightmare. All right. I'm down. Okay. This looks so rear windowy. Yes. Interesting. He eats okay. corn through the whole movie. Thank <sighs> God. I think we mentioned rear window or secret window. Like uh, once every three episodes. Oh, so. I, did I say rear window? No, I did. Okay. It's late in the day. Yeah. Anyway, Secret Window is not a very good movie. No. 
but we'll rewatch it someday. I would love to. For Patreon subscribers, we can uh, upload our commentary of Secret Window. Um, yeah, uh, Escape Room was at the place where I was buying Blu-rays this weekend. Oh, my God. Almost got it. I would love to hear oh the God. commentary. I should have done it. <laughs> we thought this room would be cool. It's upside down. Yeah. That's literally what I want to hear. It's just like <laughs> how they made the silly little rooms. I like this room because the table and then you put the drinks on the table. Why don't they just pee hot, into the hot, cup? Hot. Just pee into the cup. It is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Car. Yeah. Maybe we workshop our commentaries a little bit, but until next time, keep watching. Bye. Okay, that's not very strong. We got to go out with a flourish. Bye. A flourish. We got to go Bye. out with a flourish. Bye-bye. What's Bruce's favorite movie? Didn't you say Joker or something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye.